Hi and welcome to the I Believe Your Abuse podcast, where we talk all things narcissistic abuse, focusing mostly on those who are or have been in an intimate relationship with a narcissist. I'm your host, Brandy Fuller-Anderson, counselor, coach, advocate, and author of the book, I Believe You, Escaping Understanding and Healing from Narcissistic Abuse. Did you guys know that support groups and one-on-one coaching is available through the month? If you haven't checked out the website yet, head on over to IBelieveYourAbuse.com and have a look at the many resources there to help you get through this trauma and heal. In fact, we have the largest resource list available. So check out the resource tab and look under your country, state, city, or local area to find support groups or counselors near you. If you want to join one of our free online support groups, you can schedule this also. Space is limited. Think you need maybe a little more direction? Our one-on-one coaching sessions are some of the most affordable out there, so go check it out and get on the right path towards your new future. Before we get started, just know that narcissists can be both male and female, married or single, straight or gay, rich or poor. Stories that I share are about my ex-narcissist, who is a he. So that's how I tell my story, and it keeps me consistent. But please feel free to insert your own pronoun to make it fit your story. If you have any questions about what I mean when I say narcissist, go back and give a listen to episodes one and two where I explain this in more detail. I read an article recently about abuse and it said that It is possible to live with narcissistic personality disorder and not abuse people. And I couldn't disagree with this more. If you are in a relationship that places you in a close, private proximity with a narcissist for long periods of time or over long stretches of time, you are absolutely being affected negatively, possibly detrimentally in some fashion by the ways in which they naturally and instinctively display actions that lead you to being emotionally abused. There's no way around it. Unless you are disordered yourself and so oblivious to the lies, gaslighting, manipulations, blaming, silent treatments, excessive neediness, underhanded insults, to feeling used and drained, then you will most definitely be scathed in some way by this connection with this person. You will also read in many places how frequently people are called narcissists with no diagnosis and that just because someone abuses you doesn't mean that they're a narcissist. And with this, I agree. However, I know I've said this before. Yes, I feel the term narcissist is very overused and misused today. But I've also said that I don't feel an official NPD diagnosis is necessary in assuming your partner may be a narcissist. Many of these cycles and behavior patterns are so predictable 
that it's quite easy to recognize once you're more familiar with a person and with this disorder. But also that it's not necessary when determining if you are in a toxic relationship, because the only thing important that you need to recognize is that you're being mistreated and don't deserve it, not whether or not there's some official diagnosis. I believe this official diagnosis is also unneeded when determining if you are the victim of narcissistic abuse. Your partner doesn't have to have a diagnosis of NPD in order to abuse you narcissistically. Look, every person has narcissistic traits. They are unnecessary to some extent. Without them, what would your self-esteem look like? Some people have low, healthy amounts of narcissistic tendencies, and some people teeter up there at the top with an excess of narcissistic traits and tendencies. If your partner has high levels of narcissistic traits and low empathy, then you can most definitely be narcissistically abused by this person, whether or not he would qualify for an official personality disorder diagnosis. Keep in mind, it's not the diagnosis itself that causes you to feel abused. It's the actions of your partner, which are triggered by their narcissistic defense mechanisms. Some of the words and actions are so insidious that you don't see it coming. It creeps into your mind and it alters your thoughts, your perception of the world around you, before you even know what happened. Before you know it, you're having more and more fights with your partner, and you are finding that you're becoming more and more defensive about what is happening. You may be putting your foot down and threatening to leave the relationship with every bad behavior. Your partner might even beg you to stay. This gives you the illusion that it's you who's in charge of what's happening in the relationship, when that isn't the case at all. You may respond to being called names and maybe screaming names right back. If you are already looking up narcissistic terminology, you may have let your partner in on this secret, that you believe him to be a narcissist. If you've done it, you already know this to be a mistake. The worst thing you can do is educate your partner on what you think is wrong with him. Because it will only be a matter of time before they're telling everyone, including you, that it is you who is the narc. Once others have heard this story, and because your story is so hard to believe, if you try to confide in anyone, it is likely you will not be validated. Because you're already living in a state of confusion from all of the mind-tangling gaslighting and manipulations and cognitive dissonance, and because you're one who will accept blame when it is due, who will look inward to fix what might be broken, and because you're not afraid to admit when you're wrong, you will start to wonder this very thing. Am I the narcissist?
Do you feel confident and self-assured about the person you are? Not if you've been in a long-term relationship with a narcissist, you don't. Why? Because narcissistic abuse works to break down all of your boundaries and everything you know to be true about yourself. Once this identity is deleted, you're left with a void which can be filled any way in which your narc partner desires usually as a pit to hold each of his unwanted feelings, memories, or responsibilities. Without a clear sense of who you are, you can more easily be pointed in the direction the narc wants you to go, as his scapegoat, unwavering adorer, willing giver of everything, or submissive no-question-asker. If you aren't sure of who you are, you will always question whether you're the bad person. And the narc counts on this. I wanted to share a small portion of a blog posted to the website in our survivor story area, because I think it speaks so eloquently of how this may happen, or at least how the realization of it may come about. This follows a survivor's explanation about how she caught her narc cheating and of his cold and unfeeling responses to being caught. The part I'm going to share is just a broken down portion. It's broken down to save time. If you want to read the whole post, hop on over to the blog section of the website. This post is entitled, I married only half of my husband. Who was I? And it's, it's a very enlightening read. After the screaming and mudslinging that had become our usual, I walked into the bathroom and I looked over into the mirror and watched as the tears rolled down my face. I just stood there, maybe checking to see if I still recognized the eyes staring back at me. I could no longer distinguish between originality and familiarity. My husband came into the room and wrapped his arms around me from behind and tried to kiss my neck. I pulled away, still looking in the mirror and watching his face, expecting to see a look of remorse or empathetic atonement. What I got was the look of expectancy. And I finally understood this was never supposed to be a mutual, all-encompassing interpersonal connection. What I wanted and how I felt was irrelevant. I paused before pulling myself away because just for a moment, I needed to feel like he still wanted me. Fulfilling his need had become my driving force and I was starved for this feeling of purpose. The truth was that he had done an adequate job of trivializing every ideal I started with, calling into question every value that had been instilled in me, and covering each of my boundaries in a shroud of self-doubt until none of which remained, draining from me 
everything I knew to be true about myself, who I was, and how I felt. He had devoid me of my own identity and replaced it with this new purpose. If he no longer needed me, I no longer had purpose. Whether it was your narcissist who accused you of being the abuser, or you have had time to self-reflect on your own behaviors and wondered at yourself, all survivors of narcissistic abuse have taken at least a passing moment to question whether or not they are the narcissist and have been the problem all along. The answer to this isn't as clear-cut as you may hope. Narcissists notoriously turn everything around to be your fault, so why should this situation be any different? Many things start to happen once you're in a relationship with a narcissist, especially an intimate relationship with a narcissist. Narcissists face a daily internal conflict because of their own insecurities. They are solely reliant on external validation in order to maintain their shaky self-esteem. And this is a lot to ask of a partner, to be the one expected to constantly and consistently keep this balanced. Narcissists also have a fragmented sense of self and want nothing more than to never feel this lonely, scary emptiness. If you are the partner of a narcissist, you have already taken on the role of the one who holds the weight of the world for the narc, even if you haven't noticed yet. If you give them a glimpse of the fact that you doubt this role, or that you can see through their false self, they will feel less than, and they will begin to devalue you to once again raise them above your level. They live in fantasy, so will speak unrealistic goals. And then turn the story inside out regularly to continue to fit their needs at any given time. This change in plans or recollections will quickly cause confusion and maybe even anger in you. Anytime they feel worthless or empty, they will project those feelings onto you. They have to escape all responsibility. So as you regularly get blamed for each and everything that happens, you start to feel guilty for things you haven't done wrong, maybe even took no part in. If you tire of being manipulated, lied to, or called names, there's a likelihood that you'll be pushed to the edge where you retaliate with your own hurtful words. Or actions. You may retaliate until the point you no longer recognize yourself, after acting in ways that you would have never imagined you would be with a partner. While trying to fix him, you may try using reverse psychology on him. You may think he just needs a little taste of his own medicine so that he can have some idea 
of how his actions are affecting you. Of course, this is pointless and will never end in the result that you're hoping for. While all of this is happening, it is perfectly normal for you to pick up some of your partner's narcissistic traits or for you to see an inflation of your perfectly healthy narcissistic traits. This is a defense mechanism and helps you to survive this trauma. Dating a toxic individual for an extended amount of time will absolutely bring out the worst in you. Every questionable character flaw you may have will be amplified tenfold. If you didn't have a healthy childhood or were raised by narcissistic relatives, the confusing behavior of your partner may open up those old wounds or highlight your own fear of rejection or abandonment or may magnify any attachment issues that carried with you. This may increase your fear of leaving the relationship or your codependent behaviors. At the same time, your ego's need for self-defense will cause you to fight back when provoked. You were in a toxic environment and you will behave in toxic ways to survive it. In a way, you may have your own internal struggle where you feel the need to defend yourself, but also the need to not offend your partner who you're desperately trying to please. This may lead you to soul search for your own flaws while also trying to validate your own experience, contributing to your own mental angst and blurring your sense of self. Once your boundaries have been repeatedly stomped and your patience has been repeatedly tested, you may take larger and larger steps to put your foot down to the abuse and disrespect your partner has been tossing in your direction. Your anger may appear to be disproportionate to the situation after it has festered and grown throughout the course of your relationship. You may not even recognize yourself or these behaviors, feeling guilty over this poor behavior and questioning what's wrong with you. Over time, you are conditioned to just accept the blame because your focus shifts from you and your needs to those of your partner. Eventually, ignoring your own needs altogether as you become more and more of a stranger to yourself. While you are standing up for yourself and your boundaries, doing so makes you feel incredibly guilty and possibly quite uncomfortable, since your focus has solely been on pleasing your partner and being vigilant to his needs. Any thought about protecting yourself, it feels selfish. You may interpret this as narcissism, as self-centeredness rather than self-preservation. And if you didn't feel bad enough on your own, your narc will absolutely attempt to make you feel guilty for every situation as well. Each time you find yourself standing up for yourself or flinging return insults during an argument, you will question whether or not you were the one abusing your partner. Your mate's projections, deflections, and all-around patheticness will pile on to be sure you feel responsible. 
The constant stressor of your abusive circumstance can also start to erode your own empathetic tendencies. This is a necessary as it helps you to stop falling for all of your narc's sad stories, embellishments, and pitiful, meaningless apologies. As your empathy erodes, however, your narcissistic traits may become more pronounced. And the more these come to the forefront, the more you may recognize that you're behaving like a narcissist. This is not permanent and can absolutely get back to normal once you have distanced yourself from this trauma. As you can see, you most definitely can be acting like a narcissist for many reasons. You are responding appropriately to the extremes in which your partner is exposing you. This is called reactive abuse. You are also in a constant state of fight or flight while experiencing trauma. And after time, the stress of this can begin to erode your own emotional empathy, making your narcissistic traits more pronounced. You also make attempts to give your partner a dose of his own medicine, tossing that narc behavior right back at him, which may eventually feel like your normal response to most things. This abuse has started to erase your self-identity, leaving confusion and suggestibility in its place, so that you can be the scapegoat to all things gone wrong. And most of all, you're trying to survive in any way that you can, because your sanity, your spiritual balance, your emotional harmony, your very sense of self is in danger, and you don't know the correct way to protect them. So if, you've just, if you are the one that has started behaving like a narcissist, or if you've noticed these narcissistic um, tendencies becoming a little more pronounced, and now you're starting to wonder if you've been the problem all along, you're going to have to once again do a little soul searching. The fact that you're considering the possibility that it is you who are disordered makes it very unlikely that it's actually you. Since narcissists lack introspect and are unable to consider themselves as the flawed ones, they also never consider the ramifications of their actions on others. While pondering this question, consider whether or not you normally possess empathy. Do you use others as objects to satisfy your own needs? Or do you tend to be more giving and considerate? Are you able to put yourself in someone else's shoes or consider their perspective on things? Think back to other times in your life, as even if you are someone who has some lowered empathy currently, this could be due to the trauma. And if it is something you possessed at normal levels other times in your adult life, you will most likely be able to get it back once you free yourself of this ordeal. As you break away from the trauma bond and begin to heal, you should notice your narcissistic behaviors fading as you slowly start to feel more like yourself. 
the first thing you need to do is go no contact. And I can't stress this enough. You must break the trauma bond, not just attempt to weaken it. The abuse has to stop so that you can recover and heal. If you need help with this, with going no contact, go back and listen to our no contact episode for helpful pointers on how to accomplish this. Once you are free, you may need to find a professional specializing in narcissistic abuse to help work your way out of the web of confusion. This person can also help you to work on your self-esteem, which will need to be built back up since your self-image has been shattered. You may notice you leave this relationship with complex PTSD and need to work on recognizing and dealing with those symptoms. These may be physical or psychological symptoms. Continue to educate yourself about NPD and the effects that narcissistic abuse may have on you as the more you understand it, the easier it gets to heal from it. Expect to experience the stages of grief. And don't forget to be compassionate with yourself. This is a process. The damage done didn't happen overnight and neither will your healing from it. But rest assured knowing this, when wondering, am I the narcissist? If you have the introspection necessary to ponder such a question, it is most certainly a sign that you are in fact not the narcissist. So get out there and tell your story. Never stop telling your story. I believe you. Hey guys, don't forget to stop by our t-shirt shop on the website and get yourself a shirt to wear that brings facts and terminology into the public eye. Practice self-love. Make it a normal part of your routine. Talk to someone if you need to and keep strengthening your self-esteem and discovering your boundaries. Your only chance to protect yourself from this type of person again in the future is to be educated, aware, self-assured, and ready when it's presented to you. And we have a duty to others to try and save them from the same fate. So we share these stories. And since if you are unlucky enough to be presented with this situation again in the future, you may be confused by the time you realize things aren't right. You want to have the self-awareness and self-esteem to walk away from something that you know feels off. Do you feel like you've made it to a good place in your recovery? And maybe you could share your story with others to give them some hope that things will improve, or maybe some support in knowing that they aren't the only ones who have been through something similar. You can send in your survivor stories to IBelieveYourAbuse at gmail.com, and it may be discussed on the show or posted in a support forum on the website to help other survivors. And if you feel like you're in a place good enough to host one of our uh, online peer support groups, write in and let us know that as well. Our support groups book up very quickly, so we have a need for as many as we can get posted, and we need volunteers who are willing to host some of those. Also, you guys, if you don't mind, hit the subscribe button on the podcast, reach out and leave a review for the podcast, do everything you can 
to help get this podcast lifted up in some of the rankings so that we can get the word out so that people are seeing narcissistic abuse so that people know that narcissistic abuse is real so that people are getting the help when they need it help us get out there help us spread the word help us spread awareness and help us spread healing we'll see you next time Thank you.